I don't know if it's recording or not, but there we go. And welcome to Keeping Secrets. Enjoy your kink and your privacy presented by Dating Kinky uh, with Virakato. I am, hi there, Katsuit, or John, the host of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. And really excited about our upcoming workshop today. We'll be giving you uh, all the details of some upcoming events as we go. But for right now, let's pass it over to the man who keeps your secrets. Here's Vercato. Welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Vercato. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers. I can't keep that up. Hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps that you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions like these lovely people who are here today are doing. I am your host, Veer Koto. I'm a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website at uh, veerkoto.com. Uh, John, I might... I'm going to mute you uh, just because uh, I can hear you making some noise. So uh, anyway, uh, you can check out my website at veercoto.com. Email me at veer at veercoto.com, or I'm on FetLife as veercoto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. Finally, it's summer. Not only that, but the COVID restrictions are lifting and we're starting to get back to something that looks like normal life. And it's a welcome change for many of us. It's a time to get out from our homes and out into the sun, maybe get some sea. And it's a time to shed uh, our worries and pamper ourselves. For those uh, folks who can see the presentation um, and have been to my previous presentations, you'll notice that everything is light and beautiful and pink and blue, uh, as opposed to the normal black and white and red kink that um, is uh, is normally the theme of these presentations. And that's because uh, this is uh, somewhat of a spa. It's a spa for you and a spa for your data. Uh, and in much of the series, we talk about the threats to our privacy, and that's a very serious topic uh, and a very important topic. But equally important is, uh, like the intro says, to talk about allies and the ways that we can help make our own lives better online. And a detox is a great way to do that by reducing the things online that lead to emotional strain, lead to anxiety, distraction, or, or privacy issues. So it's time for a data detox. Performing a data detox is a great way not only to help your digital life, but also your mental health. And we have a word for that in the King community. We call it self-care. Uh, many of us understand the benefits of self-care and taking time from our schedule to, to, to do that, to perform self-care. We also understand that self-care doesn't have to be everything at once. It's a consistent, repeated practice that over time adds up to better emotional and physical well-being, 
we're not going to get everything done in one treatment, but we can start the process. So what is our detox menu? Well, just like in a regular spa, there are many types of data detoxes available and uh, we'll be covering four of them and then a bonus. Uh, the first is a social media detox, a secondly, a distraction scrub, third, an app cleanse, and uh, fourth, an account wellness treatment. And then I think we'll have time also for a bonus, a news uh, detox, which can be particularly helpful in uh, challenging times as many of us have, have lived through. So let's start with a social media detox. And social media is a complex beast. Aside from email, probably the thing that uh, we spend the most time doing online is social media. I think most of us know what we mean by social media, those sites like Facebook and Twitter, but also King pieces like FetLife, and I'd say it even includes sites that we might not think about as social media, such as Reddit. These sites help connect us with people in our lives. They help us meet new people, keep in touch about important news and other topics, um, and those are all wonderful things. Unfortunately, studies uh, on social media show that they're also a, that social media is a huge contributor to depression and anxiety. And frankly, there's no coincidence to that. Social media companies measure their success by a metric called engagement. And engagement is nothing more than how long you stay on the site and how much you click around. And over time, what social media companies have learned is that while happy things bring people into the site and get people initially engaged, what really activates people, what really keeps them coming back and, uh, you know, get that engagement number up are things that upset and scare people. Those are the things that get them hooked and lead to more engagement, which in turn leads to higher ad revenue, which leads to this vicious cycle. In other words, these companies are incentivized to feed people stories that upset them because the more they do that, the more they make money. And it's not just traditional social media that can be upsetting. Um, FetLife users who read uh, Kinky and Popular will often see bodies that don't look like their own. Um, unless you're young and perfectly in shape. Uh, and frankly, most of the bodies uh, on Kinky and Popular are female bodies. And that's not, you know, most, most people uh, in the kink community are not young, perfectly in shape cis females. Um, it's a pretty small number of people. And even those people who are young, perfectly in shape, cis uh, female bodied folks uh, are probably thinking, uh, well, those photos are you know, taken at special angles, et cetera. So um, it can be upsetting if we measure our, our worth, our value against these, these images of perfection. Uh, similarly, uh, reading forums online about BDSM and kink can be addictive on its own um, with an endless stream of newcomers 
Um, and so we'll see people talking about, let's say, perfect relationships, or uh, frankly, sometimes it's fun, and I, I've done this myself, to read the newbies and all the embarrassing things that they say. Uh, and, uh, you know, that can be entertaining and fun, but also somewhat toxic. Um, even dating sites and apps can become addictive, whether they want to be or not. And um, I'll admit um, that when I was single and on a popular dating site, um, I don't know, we'll call it uh, All Right Cherub, um, I'd sometimes spend an hour or two just scrolling through profiles um, of people that uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to date. And it didn't make me feel good. But I somehow felt compelled to keep doing it. So breaking out of this cycle, even temporarily, can help reset our perspective and our perception. And that can make us happier and, and healthier. So how do we break that addiction cycle? Um, firstly, if the site you're on or you're using um, has desktop or phone notifications, consider turning them off. Um, we'll talk about notifications in the notification detox, um, but for now, just, just turn them off. Consider having dedicated social media time. Um, times that you dedicate as this is the time I'm going to, I'm going to look at social media at, you know, three o'clock, or I'm going to look at social media at six o'clock. Um, and then don't look at social media outside of that time. Um, it'll give you a sense of just how much time you're, you're wasting um, by um, realizing like, Oh, I'm not on social media now. Um, if that's asking too much, you know, if, if, if having dedicated social media time or turning off notifications, notifications, um, feels like it's asking too much, then maybe uh, take an even bigger step. Consider temporarily going off social media for a while. I've heard of people going off social media for a week or two weeks and sometimes a month just to see how it feels. Um, and I realize it sounds like I'm saying something contradictory, right? Hey, if, if having dedicated time is too hard, go off social media. But, but actually, that reset can be really, really helpful. Um, and if you take that time and you get off social media just for a short time, you may learn just how incredibly addictive the pull to social media is. And that understanding, that realization alone may help reset your relationship with social media. Um, you may find your social media experiences are different depending on the site in question. You may have a very different relationship with one social media app or one social media site than another social media site. And that can tell you something too. Um, I'll be doing some resources on taking a social media break um, at the end of, of the show. Another thing you can do aside from taking a break is to trim your social media exposure. This can be both a great mental health tool as well as a good way to improve your privacy. My suggestion here is to do a few things. So firstly, look for posters uh, who upset you. They may be friends or relatives and consider unfollowing them or if the platform in question supports it, uh, muting them temporarily. Uh, you can sometimes do this for a limited period, muting them just for let's say a week or a month 
And oftentimes, if you're muting someone, they don't know that you've muted them. Um, and you still say friends, so you don't lose that connection. But this way, you don't need to see the things that are upsetting you either. And this, of course, depends on the platform. Uh, while you're at it, look through your friends list for people that you may not remember or maybe haven't met with or communicated with um, maybe ever, <laughs> or maybe you haven't you know, communicated with them in a really long time and just remove them. If, if you're worried about how they might react to being removed, consider sending them a message about it and saying that you're trimming your list and, you know, Seeing, you know, if they if if they still want to be connected with you, um, or frankly, you might just say, "Hey, I'm removing you. If you want to be re-added, I'm happy to do it. Just send me a message and and see what happens." When you do this, you're removing people from your list, and that not only cleans up your list, but it also helps your privacy. Um, by and we and we've talked about this in previous episodes, um, breaking those connections. Uh, between users that social that advertisers and others use to um, to build profiles on you. So by 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 severing those old expired or you know not current relationships online, you're also improving your privacy. Also, look through apps that might be linked to your account on social media. This is particularly important for Facebook and Twitter. Um, those those two platforms allow you to have little apps that can access information about you, um, and they can have access to things like your name, your location, your your media, your friends lists. Um, if you don't use an app anymore, disable its access. You, if you're not using it, disable it. You can always re-enable it later. Um, lastly, if you want to go through uh, you might want to go through and just delete some old content from social media sites, such as old posts, old photos, et cetera. Um, if you're worried about losing them, and you know maybe this is the only place you've ever posted them, many social media sites let you download your old stuff um, and back it up locally, and then you can safely delete it. You might even consider uh, an app that goes through your old posts and deletes them regularly for you. Um, there are several apps that will... That's all they do. They they connect to your your stuff, and then they delete something. And you can say like, oh, if it's older than a month or older than six months, go ahead and delete it. Um, this will help with your privacy and also uh, reduces the possibility uh, of social media stalking. So if someone wants to see what you've been up to for the last five years and they find your profile, well, yeah, maybe they'll find the last month or whatever of stuff, but they won't find five years of, of everything. So there'll be less, there'll be less to stock. With that, let's move over to the distraction scrub. Uh, in our, our modern world, it's full of distractions. And while people talk about the values of multitasking, the research shows that when your focus is broken, it takes an average of 23 minutes to get back to your previous focus and attention. That number is even worse if you're like me and you suffer from ADHD. And you might be thinking, oh, well, uh, women are better at multitasking. Actually, rigorous study has been done on this claim by psychologists. And the studies are showing that women don't actually multitask better than men. Women 
do more than men. That is, they they do more work. They do home, you know, work work. Uh, they do home care. They do cleaning. They do child care. Um, and and their the demands on women are higher. But distracted or multitasking women have the same problems um, with with distractions and uh, all, all the downsides of multitasking as men, including cognitive fatigue. So women are asked to do more, but not actually, women are not actually better at doing more. They just suffer through it. Um, so um, whether you're a man or a woman, or um, if you identify in some other way, um, no matter who you are, um, multitasking isn't, isn't healthy. So all of this leads to the idea that distractions and notifications can be holding you back. So take a distraction detox. The first thing to do is just to go on your phone and turn off the various app notifications. And uh, just look at the various apps, see if they're notifying and turn them off if they are. You can also find a do not disturb setting on your phone and consider turning that on during periods that you need to focus. Um, if you're a person who thrives on email, consider changing your schedule and only looking at emails and other messages at certain times a day. So maybe you look at email when you first get up or, you know, and then you check again at lunch and then in the evening, but you don't check constantly during the day and you're not interrupt driven. If you want to go uh, deeper on the subject of focused attention, uh, taking up a meditation practice can be a huge benefit in learning how to focus and concentrate. There are many types of meditation practices, and you can find many articles and videos on, for example, YouTube on how to meditate. You don't need to spend a lot of money or get a special certification or download any specific apps. You can just learn to do that. Um, I find the idea of being distracted, of having distraction-free times, um, ties into techniques of time management that I've learned to use. Um, and in this book, uh, Deep Work, Rules for uh, Focused Senses in a Distracted World, um, there's a huge deep dive on the ways that distractions and interrupt-driven um, workflows hold us back. And that book also has ways to combat it. The name of that book, again, uh, Deep Work, Rules for Focused Senses in a Distracted World. And I think I have a link to it at the end, but if I don't, I'll, I'll link to it myself. So while we're getting rid of distractions, let's also do some privacy improvements. Uh, instead of just turning off the notifications for apps, consider deleting them altogether if you don't need them. Uh, apps that send notifications or run in the background also use up your battery and often collect information about you. So the best thing you can do is to delete them. Uh, and this is especially true for games, by the way. Games are uh, particularly bad about sending notifications and also about um, you know, collecting information about you. So um, even apps that you keep check their privacy permissions as well. Many apps will have location services or microphone access by default, even when they don't need them. So turning that off can really make a huge difference, a uh, positive difference for your privacy. Uh, deleting or tuning your applications will improve your privacy. And because they're not using up all these extra phone features, that'll also extend your phone's uh, battery life. So that's, that's another benefit. So, 
we've moved on and now we're at account wellness treatment. Um, many of us, um, maybe most of us have probably collected logins for dozens, maybe even hundreds of websites, um, most of which you probably only used once or maybe for a short time. Yet our information still persists there and we should be keeping track of it whether we actually do that or not. Having lots of accounts like this isn't good for our privacy. An account detox is a time that we can set aside to delete old accounts that we don't need anymore, as well as improve the security of our logins for the accounts that we do wanna keep. We covered account logins in the secure your account episode and um, I'll, I'll, uh, during the break, I'll find the link to that show and uh, link to it. Um, that's a really good in-depth look at uh, securing accounts of passwords and usernames and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, my suggestion is to go through your accounts and look for ones that you don't need anymore, you don't use. For any accounts that you can, try to delete your account. Um, the website justdelete.me delete .me, has a helpful guide for many websites and what you can do to delete your account there, if you can at all. And some, and some websites, you can't delete your account. For websites that you don't delete, um, secure your account with a better password or with uh, two-factor authentication. And these are things that we covered in depth on the securing your accounts episode. So uh, head there for more information. Um, so this is, uh, again, a pretty short one. So we have plenty of time for this bonus, uh, which is a news detox. Um, between the previous uh, US administration and COVID, I think many of us have experienced being glued to the news. And while transitioning away from that um, has gone smoothly for some, meaning, you know, transitioning away from being glued to the to the television or the internet for the, the day's daily um, disaster um, has gone smoothly for some people. I know for other people um, being tied down um, to the news and uh, being tied down, haha, uh, but, but being addicted to the news can be just as addictive um, as other things um, that we normally think of as addictive. So, um, so he, these are some of my own suggestions as a person who, who deals with news addiction. First, if your primary news source is social media, then that can be an issue on its own. Consider uh, a social media break. Um, and or if you're directly subscribed to news, uh, a news site via a social media app, maybe maybe remove that um, that subscription just to the to the so that you get your news in a more controlled way. Um, if you use Google News, um, my experience with Google News is that is that aside from the privacy issues, it will also tend to feed you news that will upset you. Um, it's designed to customize your news for maximum engagement. And we talked about that, right, just, just recently. And uh, so it's, it's going to feed you things that are going to engage you, but also upset you. So maybe move away from that. What I've done personally is to move from using um, these other forms like social media and Google News to 
uh, something called RSS feeds. Um, RSS feeds are kind of a topic on their own, but they're essentially a form of online newsletter that many, many websites and blogs already have built in. Um, you don't have to you don't have to do anything. They're just kind of there, um, and you can subscribe to them and then just read updates on your at your own time on your own leisure. Um, and I do that with several newspapers I like, and then I just read my my news from the RSS reader. It lets me be very selective in what I read, but it also combines the news from many, many different sources at once. So I can, I can kind of quickly sort through what I wanna, what I wanna be paying attention to. And while you're at it, look for local news resources, such as local blogs or newspapers that may cover topics that will have a, a bigger impact on your life than sometimes some of these big international or even national stories. So, you know, stories about local businesses or, or local politics, um, these sources, you know, like blogs and newspapers are often these hidden gems and reading about local things will have a bigger impact on your day-to-day -day life than reading about the national news. Um, if you are gonna read, if you are gonna consume um, a big news outlet, um, I found that national news broadcasts, such as NPR in the United States, CBC in Canada, and BBC in the UK, tends, although not always, is calmer and less sensationalist. Um, and it's often, again, not always, but often paired with reports that contextualize what's going on. So they give you not just the, the immediate news, but a greater understanding about the context of the news and what what does this news mean um, so you might want to consider maybe one of these national news sources as an alternative to media outlets that are meant to inflame that are meant to get you riled up um, in general as an american who spends a great deal of time in canada i found american television to be ex extremely sensationalist um, it's also fear-mongering, and frankly, it's a bit of sensory overload. So just moving from American news sources to um, Canadian or British or Australian or other other news sources, or frankly, if you speak another language, um, any other you know any other country's news can can make a big difference in your mental health. Um, and if none of that is enough, then consider a news break. Just like the social media break that we just talked about, go off news for a week or a month. Um, if something happens that's big enough for you to need to know what's going on, someone in your social circle is very likely going to let you know. So, you know, that'll be a family member or a friend. They're going to say, well, what do you think about this? And you're going to say, oh, I, I haven't been reading the news. So if something rises to that level, then that's fine. You know, you can engage, but, but just take that break and letting yourself come back to and reset to a new normal can make a huge difference. So let's talk about some, some resources um, that you can use. Um, the first is uh, the Data Detox Kit. Um, a lot of my ideas um, came from this Data, data Detox Kit at datadetoxkit.org. Um, I mentioned Just Delete me. That's a website that helps you remove your account from various websites online. Uh, there's a great um, 
article from Mozilla, and I've talked about my love for Mozilla in previous episodes. Um, they, they make the Firefox web browser, but they also do a bunch of other great things. And they have a blog about um, lots of topics. They also have a, a wonderful podcast. Um, anyway, they have a whole thing about uh, data detoxing on your phone. So I, uh, and they call, that uh, article was five ways to reset your relationship with your phone. I highly recommend it. Um, and I also found this other great one called the uh, the eight day data detox. Um, so it, it basically takes you through eight days of resetting your relationship with yourself and your device. Um, I know we're going to um, we're going to have questions, but um, uh, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna talk about more about this. And, but at first, I just want to plug that uh, next episode uh, for September is going to be Privacy and the Police uh, with uh, guest uh, Lorenzo. So um, so that I'm looking forward to that. In, in, my, in my slide, which I'm not going to show, I have um, uh, uh, their FetLife name, but I don't have permission to show that, so I'm just not going to. But we're going to have questions. Uh, but for now, uh, Katsuda is going to be back, and he's going to plug all the wonderful benefits of um, using uh, and subscribing to Dating Kinky Plus. Uh, and if he doesn't, then I will. Hello. Hello. Uh, can you hear me OK? Because I switched uh, microphones. You are good. Good, 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 good. So what goes, uh, hold on a second. I, I left out all the, the great links that I was about to send you, which are all those. Those are all the upcoming events. But the great thing about the Dating Kinky Plus membership, and I'm going to go in here and get my uh, get my links for the Plus membership. Hold on one second. Uh, there is so much that goes to a Plus membership. And the thing that it starts with is the fact that all these amazing seminars that you get to see for free when we do them live are all available in a library of amazing content that includes books, it includes uh, long-form seminars, it includes conferences on power exchange and and romance and finding your dating uh, your your uh, kinky partner, and so many amazing events. Plus, one of the coolest things ever is a thing called AirMeet, which is a virtual convention space which is also a virtual meeting space where you can actually gather with some of your favorite Dating Kinky uh, Plus members and be able to have full social events, which we will do usually about once a month, but then also every now and then after we have our seminars, we'll uh, hop on over to AirMeet and have some great conversations there. Uh, but the biggest thing that I can tell you about is the absolute education that Nookie Notes and Ryan and the entire team at Dating Kinky want to bring to you. I mean, if you talk about the books that you get, if you talk about those seminars and workshops, because they're all archived as we put them on the uh, Dating Kinky education site, we're talking about the fact that we're going to actually be having uh, the ability to have video chatting when it comes to uh, the Dating Kinky dating app. That is coming up soon, and an app is coming up soon. I mean, there's so many amazing things that Nookie Notes and her team are putting together. So all the links are over there in the chat. I think I, 
I think I hit that <laughs> as many times as I could. So uh, you can find all the links over in the chat as well as the upcoming events that we have here on uh, Dating Kinky Live, including uh, what is it we have up here? I know that uh, Lady Ginger will be having her mental health um, event coming up soon. That's called Untangle. Uh, Femdom Friday, uh, Fear Play in the Mindfuck by Miss Bossy Butterfly. Ms. Bossy Butterfly is a good friend of mine. She knows how to get in people's heads. And it's an amazing uh, seminar that she'll be doing for Femdom Friday. That's coming up on the 13th. Uh, on the 8th, we have Flipping the Switch Back to the Basics. And every now and then, we have to get back to the basics, don't we? I mean, really, it's, uh, it's a good idea to get back to the basics. Um, that is on Monday, August 9th at 8 p.m. And then... Uh, we will be back with our next Keeping Secrets on S September the 2nd. How did it get to be September already? Uh, anyway, September the 2nd at 8 p.m. when we will be having uh, Safety September with Vercado. So a lot of great things uh, coming up. I didn't name it that. I came to privacy in the police, but okay, we'll oh, figure that oh, out. Oh, I said it was part of Safety September. Oh, I see. Got it, got it, got it. Yes. I think she accidentally, uh, Ryan accidentally put naughty time in that. But yes, uh, you'll tell us more about your upcoming seminar. Yes. So let's go take a look at some of the questions that we might have. Before we do that, I just want to. Before we do that, I just want to grab a couple of things. So uh, I mentioned because we have a bunch of new folks, um, we uh, we mentioned the uh, account episode. So I just want to put that in the chat. And also, I mentioned a book that I think I'm going to be referencing. I looked at, I sneak took a sneak peek at the questions, and uh, so so now now questions. <laughs> Alrighty. So AP had asked, uh, could you share the website that you mentioned on the account wellness treatment slide about deleting your account, deleting your account from the one slide or from the one sure. Site? Yeah. Uh, so let me grab. That it is uh, the data. Uh, sorry, it's just delete.me. There we go. Uh, I, yeah, I think somebody thought it was delete.me, but yeah, just delete.me. Uh, yeah, just delete.me. Yeah, and I, I know that uh, at least Apple has some very secure deleting uh, tools that they have, but I'm an Apple snob, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> And if are there, uh, if we have any more uh, questions that we have, uh, by the way, comment from Hera twenty one twenty one. And by the way, thank you for the follow, Hera. I do appreciate it. I love comedy too. We could talk comedy all day. Uh, the timing of this event has been super helpful. Been dealing with a lot of distraction lately, and there's so much actionable info here. And I do have a question. What is one of your favorite ways to refocus attention when we've gone off the rails? So one of the things that I think is so overlooked when we talk about these issues is um, that so much of it is, is, is neurochemical, right? Addiction can have a neurochemical component. And so just turning it off entirely can be easier than... Um, than trying to limit it. It's it's like breaking an addiction by totally cutting something off can be easier than just um, 
reducing and and there's a there's a great book on habits that i don't have off the top of my head um uh, but uh that also helped me understand the ways in which these these um these bad habits arise. So for me, turning it off for let's say a week can be a big thing, but also using time management. I, I rely on my time management system for, um, for uh, to, to keep me on track. And, and so that's, that's also, I think, uh, a, a pretty big deal uh, for how I do things. And yes, uh, I, I see the next question, but I'm going to let uh, Katsut read it. Would you mind if I added a couple of things that I've found? Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, first of all, during COVID, and especially living by myself, uh, I found that social media became everything. And that wasn't very healthy. I still have trouble with the fact that I, I run a podcast and I'm still trying. I'm relatively new to the area I live in now. So I'm still trying to get friends. So I've been looking for that connection because the physical connection hasn't been there, especially when you are somebody whose love language is, is touch and you feel so touch-starved, you're reaching out for any kind of connection you can have. So you really have to watch out for that. The one thing that uh, as far as regaining focus is I actually have on my desk at work a bright yellow frame that inside of it has the word moment. And inside the O of moment, there's actually a cartoon picture of a bee to keep reminding me to be in the moment. And the reason it has a bright yellow frame is when my when I'm looking at my screens and, and taking phone calls, which I do for, for my job, and uh, I have to take an email over here and everything's going crazy. This bright yellow frame catches my eye, and it reminds me, hey, John, slow down. You got this. Take the time to take care of things in a proper manner as opposed to worry about taking care of all of the things. And so that one little tool has helped me immensely. I wish I could keep it uh, written in my glasses every day <laughs> to keep reminding me as a constant reminder. And it's actually what drew me to kink so much because kink is the one place where I can be in the moment because the decisions are being made for me. I'm not thinking about what's happening ahead or what's happening behind. I'm being forced at sometimes to think about what is going on at that current time. Social media takes us away from all things. I mean, I can't, I can't enjoy a show without picking up my phone and going, hey, I wonder if somebody got back to me on FetLife or uh, do I have any uh, comments on the Instagram post that I did for the show? It can literally ruin your ability to enjoy things. You sometimes have to take that special time to just put the phone away, put it in another room while you watch a movie. Uh, so you're not tempted to just pick it up. Now, my problem is I have a laptop and I pick up the laptop and go into it. So I think as time goes on, uh, our minds will eventually be able to calm down a bit and be able to realize that the human connections will be there. But I have to tell you, and, and Vera, I don't know if you have uh, uh, a comment about this, but COVID was really tough for me as far as wanting to feel connected when there was no real connection there. 
Yeah, um, I, I have a number of thoughts on this. So, so COVID was particularly difficult for me. Um, I, my partner and I do not uh, did not live in the same um, country. Oh, um, really? We were separated. We were separated by uh, international border um, um, due to policies. Um, and we could not be together for I think it was 15 months, oh. and it was it was really really difficult. We we found ways of emotionally connecting, but it I think we're still you know we're still struggling a little bit even even now you know just getting back into it you know getting kind of rebuilding some of those habits. Speaking of habits, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about your being in the moment, but speaking of habits, uh, the book I was thinking of is uh, The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. Um, I, I recommend that book because it also brings in the, the physiological as well as the psychological ways in which we build um, both bad and good habits. So I recommend that for, for helping break out of, out of these, these processes. The thing that I was thinking about when you were talking, um, Katsu, was that um, the Eulenspiegel Society tests, uh, which has its test Tuesdays here on Dating Kinky, um, mm. uh, in person, you're not allowed to have your phone out if you, when during a presentation. And um, I noticed even for myself that the level of engagement that I had with an event was so much higher when I could not have my phone out. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, that is such a good policy that I wish every event wouldn't allow, wouldn't allow people to bring their phones out because it forces you to um, to stay engaged or or to leave. Right? If if you really don't like it, you can you can leave, but um, but really forces you to to take this time and say, okay, this is the time that I'm going to be paying attention to this presenter or participating in this sharing circle or whatever it is or this workshop, um, and not thinking about all the other things in my life. Um, and I wish more kink events uh, took a, a similar policy. Um, so, so yeah, I think those are. I, I hope that that answers your question. I know you've got another question. I do. Um, I was going to yeah. mention one thing that's kind of fun is if you're going out with a bunch of friends who are all addicted to their phones, simply have them pile their phones face down in the middle of the table, and the first one that picks up the phone picks up the check. Uh, on the next question, the breaking uh, on the uh, APS, on the breaking social media addiction slide, what suggestions would you suggest is so, if social media is being used for your career or job? So that's a great question, right? So, so, many, so many of us uh, have an element of interrupt-driven work now as part of our of our, our lives. Um, and that includes social media. In some ways, my thought is if social media is your job, then treat it as your job and put up some barriers and say, well, this is when I'm working and this is when I'm not working. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, similarly, similarly to email, right? It might be useful to have social media times or tools that maybe the tool will post this thing at a certain time um, or, you know, maybe you need a team, right? Where people switch off so that you have time and that opportunity to, to, to be offline. 
Um, I remember because I'm old when you had to get online, right? You had to you had to take an action to get online. Now you have to take action to get offline. So, and and I think that's that getting offline is really healthy. Um, you know, not not reading your email, not reading social media, not reading the web, not playing games on your phone. Um, and if you can, and I don't do this nearly enough, taking walks, getting into nature being used to quiet being used to not noise is a big deal and really resetting our minds um and, and um that so i just want to re quickly respond to uh oh, i always pronounce it wrong doriana uh, doriana um and where she, uh, I believe it's it's she says that the reason test doesn't allow phones is so that people don't record and that is true dore sorry um is uh, so people don't record, and that is true. At the same time, I noticed uh, as a uh, first as a visitor and then as a volunteer um, that uh, it made a difference. It really made a difference in engagement, um, both as a participant, um, as as a teacher. It made a difference. I noticed, um, and I've taught a few classes for tests, um, how much more engaged the audience was. And I noticed as a uh, somebody who's been to many, many test classes, how great it was to be fully engaged. And it was very difficult at first because uh, I was like, well, what am I going to do? I need my phone. And then, no, no, I don't need my phone. I, I can just participate. I can just be here fully present um, in this moment. I'm making it sound like it's very yoga, uh, new age, but it was just, hey, I'm fully present and watching <laughs> class on spanking or this class on caning or wax or hypnosis or any of these other fun things you know i don't need to have uh, you know electricity play and candy crush right i can just have the spanking um so so um i think i think we need to get used to to that and, and i i agree that um that being uh, that covid which turned so many of our interactions virtual it's going to take some time to undo and and you know, um, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. You know, COVID, I think, is going to be around in some form or another for a while. And we're going to need to slowly transition and relearn some some ways of connecting um, offline. Very true. Uh, being in the moment with each other. Uh, last call for some questions. And then uh, uh, Dory said, uh, very true, fellow ADHD. ADHD person though, fingers have to do something, probably bring a book and uh, doodle on my notes. Doodling is always a good thing. Doodling is yeah, always and, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and many times in tests events, so first of all, I, I'm a huge doodler. The only time we weren't allowed to take, um, we weren't allowed to have notebooks out was during a circle. So that mm -hmm. was a time when really personal things would come up. And the idea there was not to have a notebook out because uh, you wouldn't want to be seen or, you know, taking notes uh, on what people were sharing. Um, but you could certainly take notes during class. That actually helped me focus. So mm -hmm. I treated it like school and I took notes on what I was seeing and that helped me engage. I also doodled some, I, and yes, people would knit. Uh, some people would color. Um, and and all of those things so so you know yes it, it you may as an adhd person like me need to do something else to soothe while you're fully engaged but it doesn't have to be something that 
pulls your attention entirely away or competes for your focus. Um, I mean, knitting or coloring shouldn't ideally take away from being fully present in, in, a, in a classroom. Well, I think uh, <laughs> phone pulls too far, nod, yes. Uh, that was an amazing seminar. I know that I heard some things that I, I didn't want to hear, and that's just because I'm in denial of so many things. But I think having a good detox wouldn't be such a bad idea. Um, I know that I'm getting out to more events these days, and uh, being around people is what I just absolutely love. So uh, keeping those connections are, are phenomenal and great. So uh, I want to plug before we go off. I just want to plug sure, the next episode. Yeah, so so I guess we're doing Safety September, which is perfect uh, because uh, Lorenzo is going to be uh, uh, guest um, interview, the second uh, guest interview, I believe that uh, that we've had on this this series, talking about uh, privacy and police. So uh, essentially, okay, so you've got kinky stuff with you and you get pulled over or uh, maybe you're making too much noise and some police knock on your door. Um, what can you do in that situation? You know, how do you, how do you best handle that situation? I don't want to speak for him, but I, the words in my mind are, how do you deescalate, keep your privacy, um, frankly, keep yourself out of trouble um, and, and all of those, all of those really important things. So um, I, I, um, I'm really looking forward to, to having that conversation. I'm really looking forward to having you all come along with uh, us uh, for that conversation. So please, uh, please do come. Um, that will be September 2nd uh, for a really enlightening uh, evening. And it's going to be good to see Lorenzo keeping people out of trouble. He constantly gets me into trouble by sending pictures of Casey Carter in a black cat suit. And that just that does something for some reason. <laughs> and on that note, oh, uh, Lorenzo's typing. Here we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been an absolute uh, pleasure being able to uh, host your uh, seminar. And I look forward to future ones. And I want to thank our entire audience. Uh, once again, if you haven't uh, become a Plus member, please uh, take a look at our website at daneandkinky.com and learn all about the wonderful things that are available there. And we will see you next time for, uh, as a couple people are typing, so you have time to type and I'll uh, just getting what our next event is. And the next event will be August 9th, Monday, flipping the switch. Back to Basics, followed by, followed by Friday, which will be Femdom Friday. Fear the Femdom. Fear play and the mindfuck with Miss Bossy Butterfly. So, and uh, the following Thursday will be Untangled with Lady Ginger and Ray. Untangling or kinky questions. And they, as they like to say, it is not therapy. Ha, get it? See what they did there? All righty. Uh, Vera, any last words? No, just uh, I, I'm great to have you here. Uh, I mean, missing Ryan, but you, you were awesome. Oh, and, fine, uh, thanks, I know. Th <laughs> thanks, thanks everyone for for, for joining us, and uh, I, I hope to see you all again soon. So stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait a minute! I hit pause instead of stop.
Yeah, you need to hit the stop button. Yeah, hit stop. <laughs> and do I want to? I just want to stop the session. There we go. There you go. Yep. All right. I think that that is a wrap. So thanks, everyone. Uh, the, see you next time. Thanks the, a lot, uh, John. Talk was that soon. good for you? Oh, the, that was awesome. The, no, that was perfect. Leave you, leave you um, enough room? <laughs> oh, ton, tons and tons of room. And uh, I know we've got that other thing we're going we're gonna to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll, um, I'll ping you. If you could ping me on, on FET uh, so I have your, um, your name, uh, let's, well, let's chat there. All right. Talk to you Definitely. soon. Take care. Bye-bye.